0: Good morning. My name is Devin, and I am grateful to be with you all this morning. Uh, Thank you, Ben, for giving me the opportunity to share this week. I'm grateful to be part of FCC. What a wonderful family that has, you know, we came from California, and we came out here. Don't hold that against me. Um, But uh, we came out here, and we've been received We've been loved, you know, we've been encouraged, especially when you come to a new town, you don't know anybody. We live up on a hill, separate from everybody, because that's not the way it is in California. You live with everybody out there in a little tiny community. And so it was different. We felt, you know, distant. But I want to thank you. You've made us feel accepted and welcomed and encouraged here. So I'm blessed uh, to be able to share this morning, going to be preaching back to the book of Hebrews. Now this week, um, I went out to California for my mom's celebration of life. She passed away in February, and I'm so grateful for all the prayers that everybody prayed for us. So what was awesome, we were out there, and it was the power of a relationship. A power of a relationship, of a life lived for Jesus. You know, as I got to share with people that came and they talked and they shared about my mom and what she had done in their lives, how she had loved them. You know, one of the things that my mom uh, shared with me many times, she said, I always treat people as if they know Jesus. I just talk to them like they know Jesus. And she said, I hope they get to know Jesus. And she just loved people into Christ. I mean, she loved people. She loved them. She smiled. When she came into the room, she smiled and lit up. Whether you were a believer or an unbeliever, she loved on you. And, and that is such an important thing in a relationship. You know, I know that we've all gone through difficulties in relationship. You know, One of the things that, uh, as I was preparing for this message today, we're going to talk about the danger of falling away or the danger of departing from Christ. You know, those long-distance relationships that you might have had sometimes, you know, you intend to keep those, you know, like, hey, we'll contact, we'll call, best friend ever, BFF, you know. You move across the world over here to Kentucky, and that relationship just begins to dwindle. And it's not because you wanted it to dwindle, it's just because you're not close, you don't see that person every day, you don't contact them, so you're not doing that, and pretty soon, you know, you just, you haven't called them for a couple months, or maybe a year, or whatever it is, and and you reach out, and it's great, and you talk, and hey, it's wonderful, but you know, the relationship's not the exact same that it was, and and we're going to talk about relationship today, as we look at this, because I just want to do some reviewing first, back into the book of Hebrews, how many people were with us for the beginning of the Hebrew study? Okay, we got a few, so we're really going to have to queue a lot of people in here. Um, so Hebrews, and I just am so grateful for the message that we just went through on Holy Spirit. Wasn't that amazing, powerful, and life-transforming? You know to think about the you know, Holy Spirit. Who is this guy? And you know, as, as Pastor Ben went through that and talked to us, and then we had RT Kindle, and then just going through what difference it can make if you're focusing on living in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, hey, that careful walk. Uh, As we're going to talk a little bit about that today at the very end of the message. But to kind of key into the book of Hebrews. Now Hebrews is a book written to those people who had made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ but were in danger of falling away. They were in danger of not keeping that long-distance relationship close. And so they were moving away. And, and so as we've looked at this, uh, this book of Hebrews, we, we start off with the Christ is better. Christ is better than all the, you know, because when they were looking at this, they were like, well, man, we have these prophets that spoke to us in times past. So he starts off, man, God who had spoken times past has now spoken to us through his son. Jesus is better than that. So then he talked about angels, man. Sometimes angels came and spoke to people. It was exciting, man. This angel appeared to me and told me this message. Well, he said, man, the son, Jesus Christ, is better than the angels because he came down he's born a virgin. So he begins to talk about those things. Then he talks about that Moses, because they would hold up, man, this guy Moses, he wrote the Torah. Man, he was awesome. He led the people out. And he says, no, Jesus is is better than Moses. And then he talks about, man, they went into this promised land, this land of rest, and man, that was awesome. And he says, no, there's a better rest in Jesus Christ. He's better than Joshua that led him into the promised land. He's the conqueror. So then he says, um, also, you know, Aaron, they're like all oh, the high priests, man, that's a special thing. And he tells him, no, Jesus is better. His priesthood is the one of Melchizedek. And that's, we're not even going to that, but he says, man, it's better than that and so because they were looking at these things and they were in danger of turning away and so we talked a lot about that as things have been in our lives that have been comforts for us you know, whatever was in the past kind of calls out to us sometimes. Like, I want to go back to fishing. I want to go back to this. That's what the disciples, after Jesus had left, they're like, I'm just going to go back fishing. And, and they said, yeah, let's go. And Jesus had to come and appear to them. And many said, what are you guys doing out there? Don't you know you need to feed my sheep, tend my flock? And, and you had to set them straight because they went back and said, man, we're just going to go to what's comfortable for us. And a lot of times in life, that's what calls at us that that's what's pulling at us man the things that the enemy has placed in our lives or the things that drew our attention beforehand are calling back to us saying hey come on back come on back hey remember the people that came out of Egypt and they were eating leeks and onions by the Nile and dining out with style out there and they were crying and complaining Well, when they came out man they were like let's go back Let's, go, let's get a leader to take us back to what was comfortable. And so looking at those things right there. So there was some warnings also that we looked at as we talked about the book of Hebrews. And we have looked at four of these. Number one is the peril of drifting away. Just kind of, you know, aimless out there. You're not set course. And that's what happens in relationships. If you're not purposeful about your relationship, you just kind of drift away, just like that long-distance phone calls, right? You know, if you don't purpose to contact, if you don't purpose, you find yourself just kind of moving slowly away. The next thing he says was the peril of doubting, which is kind of unbelief or disobedience. We talk about that, you know, so that's something that happened. Hey, you know, uh, maybe this is not the truth. Maybe, you know, this is not going you know, to just kind of just move away once again. The enemy's going to cause us to doubt. He's going to cause us to doubt the word of God. He's going to cause us to doubt what Jesus is doing in our life. He's going to bring in a lot of things that are going to cause us. One of his key tools that he uses is doubt. You know, he doesn't want us to trust in the Lord. Didn't he say to Adam and Eve, did God really say didn't, did God really say that? Oh, he didn't really mean that. He meant something else. He wants us to doubt who God is, his character, his purpose, his love for us. And as he does that, that draws us back. And we're like, all of a sudden, find ourselves doubting. Uh, does God really love me? Uh, you know, Or is this the way? What about all these other ways out there? Aren't they the way too? No, they're not the way. So, or the peril of dull hearing. What does that mean? You know, all of a sudden, I think... Um, Kelly's talked about this constant practice one of the messages that we had just before we closed out for the um, other messages was hey this constant practice but dull hearing what happens man you could just be in church and you could become dull of hearing I've heard this message before I don't need to read my Bible I don't need this stuff right there and you start all of a sudden start drifting back from that first love Man, the thing that used to wrap up, when you used to feel Jesus, oh, I love him so much, and pretty soon you're not. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, done that. I've been to enough church. I've heard this pastor preach this message. Man, he just said the same thing last week. He said this week. It's all the same thing. They just keeps repeating themselves over and over. Right, because what I tell my daughter, repetition is the mother of all learning, Right. I need to be reminded all the time. I tell my daughter, she's like, if I can say, what's the mother of all learning? She'll say, repetition. So, hey, important stuff. Yes, we're going to repeat ourselves. It's important that you hear the same things. In fact, Peter said, I'm going to stir up your minds by way of remembrance. We need to be reminded. I need my brain washed because it's filthy, right? So this is the washing and the water of the word right here. Last one, and then we're looking at today is the peril of departing and there's more there's more coming through the book of hebrews because this is an important aspect that we take a look at this book and understand there's some dangers out there there's dangerous things that are calling for attention there's dangers in ourselves there's dangers out there man things that are going to come against us so looking at these things we're going on to the next slide right here so look at this verse this is a kind of a, a scary passage Let's read this to you. It says, the danger of falling, Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. I mean, how many people out there like, got scared when they read that verse? I mean, like, oh, my goodness, is that me? Am I that person that's just all of a sudden, you know, hey, that's a good question, right? You should ask yourself. Don't be afraid to ask yourself questions. Don't be afraid of that. Hey, if you're not asking questions, that could be the danger. You could be that person right there. So, but he's talking to these people that are in danger of slipping away. So what this is not, let's go to the next slide. So this is not backsliding. This is not falling into sin, and that's important that you recognize because, I mean, if it was, I'd be forever lost. Because let's, let's talk about it's impossible. Let's, everybody say impossible. impossible. One more time, I just need, impossible. All right, so impossible means it can't be done. So I want you to be encouraged that this is not speaking about if you slid into sin, if you backslid for a little while, man, you got some, man, you've been overtaken in a trespass like it talks about in Galatians chapter six, man, because all of us have struggles, hurts, habits, hangups, struggles, sin issues. All of us go through those things. No man of God, no woman of God, nobody is Perfect. There was only one, and he paid the price for us. That's why we keep coming back to the cross. So I want to encourage your heart. This is not that. This is not. Oh, man, listen to this is the definition of apostasy right here. The total rejection of Christianity by a baptized person who, having at one time professed the Christian faith, publicly rejects it. Here's what he's talking about. This person that has been baptized said, yes, I'm a Christian, I believe. Hey, and it could be anybody. Number one, I don't know who's saved or not saved. I treat everybody like they're saved, you know. They're in here, right, and so I don't know who's not saved. And I can see the fruit of some people, and I know that their fruit is evidence of not being saved, and I see the fruit of other people, but I'm not the judge. I don't know who's saved. I'm going to just love you into Christ. And, man, you got to stand before your own judge, Jesus Christ, and everybody, the Bible says, will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Whether that's the great white throne judgment or the beam of seat of Christ, that's going to be your decision. You have to make that choice. But I want to encourage you that this danger of falling away, this is not, hey, of you right here that have received Christ Jesus as your Savior. Let's keep going to the next passage right here. So there's a word picture. And I want to kind of get, because what's happening right here, the Bible is so powerful to give us pictures of what these mean. And in the book of Hebrews, we already went through this passage, but in 4, 1 through 2, he says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them not being mixed with the faith of those who heard it. So here's the picture. All these people came out of Egypt, right? There was a massive exodus of a lot of people that came out. They all came to the Red Sea. They all went through the Red Sea, parted, man, dry ground they walked. They all drank when man they said we're thirsty, we're dying of thirst. Moses struck that and they drank. Of that water. They all did those things. I'm going to read a passage right here. I didn't get this one up on the, but listen to this. Moreover, this is in 1 Corinthians 10. He said, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food. All drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Isn't that, that's the word picture right there. Do you see, see what happened here? If just because you're sitting here in church does not mean you're saved. Just because you've come. I mean, I grew up in church. I went there from a little tiny kid and grew up. Man, I raised my hand. I went to Bible camps. I went to Bible school. I memorized verses. I was not saved. Just because you come to church does not mean you're saved. Just because your family is saved does not mean you're saved. I have sometimes talked, oh, my family's saved and I'm saved too. Just, you know, because you grew up in a Christian family makes you a Christian. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't it's important that we look at those things and understand what's going on there's a difference between your relationship with Christ and knowing Christ you know I mean so we know about the president of the United States but I don't know him if I run up on the president of the United States and say to him hey how you doing I'm gonna get shot The FBI's gonna draw down on me and I'm going down they're like you don't he doesn't know you you might read a book about him so what doesn't mean you know him he doesn't know you and that's the key principle. It's not how many facts you know, is it do you know him? You no, know, last time I was here, I preached about the importance of what your foundation is in Christ. What foundation that we have we need to grow in, and that is our love. For Christ that is our relationship in him let's look at the next one and I, I just want to keen on this word the relationship we cannot allow anything or anyone to come between our relationship with Jesus Christ you know, I'm a I'm, I'm different kind of person right there. In, in Luke chapter 14, such a great word picture. Uh, Jesus, man, he, there was great multitudes following Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Great multitudes. You know, if it would have been me, I'd have turned around and said, man, I'm so thankful. You guys are so awesome. Thank you for following me. I just appreciate you so much. You know what Jesus turned around and said? If you don't hate your father and your mother, your wife, and your children, and your own life also, you can't even come to me. I mean, that's totally different. Thank, praise God, he's not me. That's what Jesus said. He wasn't worried about the multitude. He didn't give him some encouragement or you know, some platitudes. He said, man, I need to be first. I want everything about you. Just picture, you know, that God created you, made you, formed you, intricate design that you are, the wonderful person that you are, and what do we owe him? Everything, everything. In our lives, what do we do? We live for ourselves. We chose what we wanted to do, and we get into exactly what he tells us not to do. Not just the Ten Commandments, all the stuff right there, whatever it is right there in our own lives, and God says, man, that is sin, Brings death. And so, Jesus, when He's calling to you, He's not calling for your Sunday morning time at church. He's not calling for your five minutes of reading your Bible in the morning time. He's not calling for a part of you. He's calling for all of you. He wants every single part of your life. He wants you to surrender to Him. You, He said, you must take up your cross daily. And follow me. What does that mean? Die to yourself. See, part of our relationship with Christ is allowing Him to be the head and us to be the follower. We serve and worship him. Those wonderful, amazing songs. I just, you know, when you're worshiping Christ in music, because everything that we can do is, can be a form of worship, but when you're worshiping like that, your heart falls in love with him because you're being reminded of those powerful messages and words that, man, he loves me. He said he'll never forsake me. And I am so grateful for that because his purpose in our lives will stand. Relationship. Let's look at the next passage. Next, so look at this, and here here's the application. I'm gonna just want to talk about this right here. Is that our relationship? You need to check and see whether you're in the faith. What is this passage? So he talked about tasting of the age to come, the powers of Christ. Man, what is this? These people that's impossible for them. We should all not be afraid to ask ourselves: Am I in the faith? Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? Well, how do you test yourself? You know, have you, a couple weeks ago, R.T. Kendall got up here and asked people that had never said a prayer before to say a prayer, To examine the self. If he said, you know, if you would stand before Christ right now, what would be your answer? And that should be a question for all of us. What would you say if God said, why should I let you in here? Man, I'm just pointing to Jesus. He died for me, and I believe in him, and I've trusted him with my life. And that's the only answer that we can give because nothing, the Bible says, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. Nothing that I could do could take me to heaven. I failed. I've fallen so far short. It's incredible. I spent twenty-five years in prison falling short. You know, so man, you know, praise God. He has changed my life. And but we should still say, hey, is that me? Test yourselves. Let's look at the next passage. Pursue Jesus with all your might. I, I love this. You know, I don't know about you. But I know that when I like something, I go all in for it. I mean, I was all into all the dumb stuff that I did. But, you know, all of us like something. It's finding ourselves doing something. Hopefully it's Jesus now. But, you know, before then, it was whatever made us feel good. Whatever, I'm like, man, some people it was drugs, some people it's power, some people it's work. Whatever our hurts, habits, and hang-ups are that our focus was before Christ. Look what Jesus says. I love this passage. This is a little different uh, passage because it's out of the message. But l- listen to this. In Luke 13, 24 through 25, a bystander said, Master, will only a few be saved. And he said, whether few or many is none of your business. Don't worry about that. That's that is not even something to, to examine, man. Who cares? That's not what you need to care about is this. He said, put your mind on your life with God. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires your total attention. Man, that is it right there, your total attention. A lot of you. Are going to assume that you'll sit down to God's salvation banquet just because you've been hanging around the neighborhood all your life? That says cool, cool pastor. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool right there. Uh, you just you assume you're going to get in because you come into church. Oh yeah, I was with all those people, man. I I I, I drank with them. I we had fun, man. We went to you know empower. We we did this. I ministered there. I did this. I did that. No. Look what he says. He says, just because you've been hanging around the neighborhood all your life, well, one day you're going to be banging on the door, wanting to get in, but you find the door locked and the master saying, sorry, you're not on the guest list. Man, that, that's the most crazy, scary words that you could ever hear in your life, and it won't be in your life. But, man, that's, that's the words you never want to hear, ever. Because if that's happened, there's only one place left to go. You're not on the guest list. You don't get to come in. Man, make sure your name is on the guest list, right? Man, I want my name to be inscribed in the book of life. There's only one place we need to be written down because, hey, you could be an actor or an actress, man. You could get an Academy Award, man. You could just win a gold medal. You could do anything in this life and lose it at the end. And what will it profit you? Nothing. Nothing. The enemy wants to thwart our faith. The enemy wants you to think you're okay. Oh, man, don't even worry about that, man. You're in. You signed that paper, right? You raised your hand. You stood up. Man, that was all you need to do right there. That is not true. Imagine if you did that with the relationship with the person that you're sitting with. You know, if my wife and I signed a little document saying we were married, and then I never talked to her again. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's going to work, right? You know, that would not work. It won't work at home, right? You don't call your wife at least once a day, right? You've got to talk to her. You can't sit at the dinner table and just read the paper. She, man, that kinda, that's not a relationship. Man, you've got to have a working relationship. It requires work. Why would you expect your relationship with Jesus to be anything different? It should be so much more. It must be more. Matter of fact, Jesus said, you got to hate everybody else and love me. And he's not teaching us to hate. What he says is, I need to be first. I need to be above everything. You need to work on my relationship because, you know, when you have this relationship right here, it works into that relationship right there. It is so important that you don't just lie back and say, I'm cool. I signed the paper. No, that's not what this is about. You have to work at your relationship with Christ. It's not going to come on its own. As much as you put into whatever it was that you used to like to do or still like to do, as much as you put into that, that's as much as you need to put into your relationship with Christ pursue him. Kelly said it, constant practice. He talked about Kobe Bryant was one of the great, all-time greats. I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was just a little above him right there, but man, he, but Kobe Bryant, he was awesome, and I'm from LA, so I, I, you know, they were both from Los Angeles, so you know, I mean, awesome. He said, man, I got up, I practiced, I went back in, after every people was done, I practiced again, and then he said, man, after that, I practiced it again. You know, David, when he was writing the psalm, he said, three times a day, I seek your face. Daniel, who was thrown into the lion's den, when they said, no, man, he went in. He said, man, they said, if you pray to any other God except for Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to be thrown into the lion's den. He got on his knees and he prayed and they found him praying. Because, man, he said, my relationship with God is what matters and nobody can take that. Man, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, man, you're going to be thrown into the furnace if you don't bow down to that. He said, so What? Our God is able to save us, and if he doesn't, it doesn't even matter because we're not going to bow down because this relationship means more than that, silver or gold. And that is what is the key principle, is that we are focused on a relationship. It's like a singular focus. You know, I'm like a butterfly. You know, my wife will tell you that, like, when I start a project, I'll... All of a sudden, in the middle of the product, I'll start doing another product. Or I'll just wander over here, and I'll just start doing something else. And, you know, so, but what it is is we get to get to that place, and she'll say, hey, finish this up. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. And so I'll go finish that up. And you know, I've got to sweep the rest of the floor, right? I <laughs> can't leave half of it done. You know, and so here's what we do is we, we focus. We singularly focus on a relationship with Christ, excluding all else. I'm not saying that God's going to just, hey, make you hate your husband or wife or any of your kids or anything like that. No, but he's so important that that's who deserves a priority because he's going to fill your life with love. And the Bible says out of your heart was going to go low rivers of living water. And you know what that living water is going to be? Love. Because he's filling your heart with love. And love's going to come out of you. You're going to start loving other people the way he intends us to do. Rightly, having a relationship with him is going to work into the right relationships that you have with other people. So what do we have? Moving on to the next one. Nice and simple stuff. You guys have heard this. Three-legged stool. I love that little picture right there. You know, if you have a two-legged stool, you can't sit on it. You know, you have to have three legs. So I like these little three parts right here. This is nice. Number one, you need to pursue God through prayer. If you're not talking to God, man, then something's wrong right i mean and god is so awesome he just wants to hear there's so many pictures of the bible about pouring out your heart to god man just talking to god man it doesn't matter whether you're standing or sitting or singing or whatever just talking to god he wants to know about your life he wants to know what's going on he wants to help out and then the second one man is listening to god right because if i just talked all the time my wife would get mad right can't doesn't work You know, if I don't listen to her, it doesn't work at all. She'll tell me, you're not listening to me. So that's important right there, right, guys? So we need to listen. So what do we need to do? We need to listen to God. How do we do that? Well, it's not just me standing up. You need to spend time in the Word, His Word, His treasure. The one that He said, man, this book shall not depart, right? Right? Man, this book right here, he said, you shall read it all the days of your life. He told the kings of Israel that. Man, we should meditate upon it, hide it in our hearts. Oh, so many wonderful, precious promises that if you have these in your heart, you know, that's how come I can stand up here today? I begin to memorize God's word when I got saved. I was like, man, this is awesome stuff. Wow, I never even knew. And I grew up hearing it. But all of a sudden, it was real. And I started memorizing it. I started putting it. I started pouring it into my heart. I wanted to know what God had for me. And now these precious promises carried me through 25 years in prison. I've been out for 10 years now. Man, still carrying me today. And they're gonna carry me through all eternity because his word will never fade away. So I encourage you, get it in now, <laughs> you know? Start to pour it into your heart. Start to stand, you know, it's great song, standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Those are wonderful, amazing songs that we stand on, and it's just because people fell in love with the word of God. Listen to him. He will speak to you. He will speak to you through Holy Spirit. He will speak to you through his word, And he will speak to you through others. He does. So, and this this is the last part right here. Pursue God through accountability and and mentorship. What does that mean? Well, you know, hey, it's easy to sit in a pew. It's easy to come here and nod your head, amen. What happens afterwards is just as important. And, And what I found out is that, you know what's important? Fellowship. This is that third part of the stool. You need, you know, three legs of the stool. I wish I wouldn't have one out here. You know, three legs of the stool. You need all three. So, man, this is it. You need some prayer. You need some listening to God and talk to God, listen to God. And you know what? Other people in your lives is so important. Accountability and mentorship and not just listening to somebody preach a sermon, but talking to God, talking to people about who you really are. You know, when I come in here and people ask me how I do, oh, I'm blessed. Yeah, great, great. You know, but I could really be having a bad day. know and I don't want you to go around and sob to everybody because that'd be weird but you know I mean really you can can get down when you're with people and you can get alone with guys and get alone with girls and I encourage this as you get alone and you begin to reveal the struggles you'll find out oh man you know what you find out man that a burden shared is half the burden whoa and a joy shared is double the joy Man, those are cool things that I just, when I heard that, I'm like, ooh, that's a good one. Man, I got to stick that in my brain because that's the truth, man. When when I'm with my brothers and I say, man, I had a bad week this week. I didn't read. I didn't pray. Yeah, yeah, sometimes I have weeks like that. Sometimes I have. Oh, man, I was in a fight with my wife this week. It really got bad. It's in moments of intense fellowship, right? Like the, the, so, you know, and, and it was a struggle, and I talk about it, and I was like, man, I talk about my anger, my fears, whatever it is that's going on in my life. We, I ask a list of questions, we talk about those things, and that, you know what, begins to transform my life because that's where God said, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Last one. I'm going to invite the praise team to come back up as, we, as I talk about this last passage right here. Get rid of the weeds. Jesus in the parable of the sower, you know, he was talking about the types of soil. And, and the third one, he said, man, the, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches rise up and choke the word and you become unfruitful. See, the enemy is going to sow weeds in your life. Man, the word of God is so precious, and he just wants to let everything else kind of cover it, and so that it starts to get choked out. Because if it doesn't get that sunlight, if it doesn't get fed, if it doesn't get worked on, if you don't get rid of those things, man, it starts to lose ground. And all of a sudden, that long-distance relationship is not working anymore and you find yourself not even talking to God anymore because you are guilty, right? Hey, you've been there before, you didn't talk to God for one week, so you don't talk to him for the next week because you feel shameful and guilty. All of a sudden, it's worked until a whole month. (laughs) You haven't really talked to God or you hadn't go to church. You know what I mean? I'm talking to the church right here, but hey, have you ever been there? You didn't go to church one week, so you missed two weeks, three weeks. All of a sudden, you missed a month and you feel shameful because you know people are gonna show up, they're gonna be like, where were you? (laughs) You know, I was just struggling. You don't wanna say that, right? I was gone, whatever. You know, so. All those kind of things that we go through are important right there. Get rid of the weeds. And man, this is a key principle that we just heard from R.T. Kendall and Pastor Ben. Ask Holy Spirit to reveal to you anything that grieves him, and don't do it. Ask Holy Spirit. To reveal to you anything that grieves him and don't do it. Man, just that we talked about, man. Holy Spirit flying away. If you haven't heard those messages, go back and watch them. They are powerful. As you walk in line with the Holy Spirit, listening to his voice, heeding his counsel, your life will be transformed. You'll find yourself filled more with his presence, filled with joy, filled with these things. Not that you're not going to be sad or there's not going to be struggles, all that's life still happening. And your emotions are emotions that God gave you. But you know what? You'll find yourself walking in God's spirit and his holiness. I want to encourage you as as we get ready to sing right here. Maybe today, I don't know where you're at. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ. Maybe you do have a relationship with Christ. Maybe you've been letting your relationship drift away or you're strong. And just, I want to encourage you. Maybe you know somebody that's let their relationship drift away and they need some prayer. There'll be people up here Uh, to pray with you, and I encourage you during this time where we're singing, just to come forward. If if that's you, and you need some prayer that you've been drifting, and you want to get closer, man, come forward and get some prayer. Start now. It it just starts by coming forward and saying, hey, Jesus, I need some help, and sometimes just talking, I need some help, because that's where you do, and get some prayer. If you can't pray, somebody can. If you're struggling, man, let somebody, like those people that let down the, the, the person who couldn't do it themselves, the four, they broke up the roof and they said, Here you go. And sometimes that's what people do for us. Thank you for letting me share.